0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from the program manager with the Manitoba Organic Alliance. Also, Wade Sipkowicz, the executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association, will stop by in today's Prairie Eggwire. And at first, in today's country comment, Mallory LaWarn with the Manitoba Crop Alliance will give us an update on cereal harvest and also talk about winter wheat seeding. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farmers are inching closer to completing the cereal harvest. Mallory LaWarn, agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance, joined me on the line yesterday.
1: Cereal harvest is wrapping up across the province. Um, However, it's ongoing in the western part of the province. Um, And it started up again this week after uh, those recent rains that we had. So I have seen some reports of quality differences between grain harvested before versus after the rain, including a little bit of sprouting and some reduced test weight. Um, And then yield reports continue to be highly variable, looking at anywhere from, like, 30 to 60 bushels per acre on average.
0: Just talk a little bit more about the impact of that, of that rain. Yeah, so
1: um, obviously uh, a little bit of an impact on quality. You could also see a little bit of um, um, sooty mold on those swaths that were left out in the rain. Um, so looking at probably going uh, for, for feed, likely.
0: As far as um, winter wheat, um, has seeding started on that?
1: Yeah, so I have seen a few reports of a, of a few farmers getting some winter wheat in the ground, taking advantage of that recent moisture. And uh, some canola has come off fairly early, so that's the perfect crop to seed your winter wheat into. Um, and then I guess uh, one of the biggest risks to winter wheat crops right now would be grasshopper feeding on, on young plant tissue. So if grasshoppers are a concern, um, there's a couple management options so farmers could delay planting until the end of the ideal seeding window or increase uh, their seeding rate around field edges. Um, and we actually have a couple of new articles up on our blog that focus on winter wheat agronomy, which can be found at mbcropalliance.ca.
0: Are, um, are insects still a concern for the fields that are, that are still left out there to harvest?
1: Um, I, they've kind of moved on into crops that are still green, um, from what I have observed, so they're they're not uh, feeding as much on cereal crops that are that are left out there.
0: That was Mallory LaWarn with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Saskatchewan grower organizations are urging the Western Grain Elevator Association and its members to work with farmers struggling to pay penalties and administration fees on contracted but undelivered grain. Bernie McLean, chair of SAS Canola, says farmers simply don't have the green this year. With the drought and with no active God Clause in the contracts, prices have continued to climb and the cost to buy out those contracts is now substantially higher. There's a
2: cost to buy out. It's usually the cost or the price difference between what you contracted at and what the price may be now. As an example, $13 canola in the spring Versus $20 now, there's a $7 a bushel cost to that contract that the grower would have to pay. On top of that cost, uh, some companies also have the administrative fee involved.
0: McClay notes they'd like to see grain companies work with farmers to find a workable solution for everyone by possibly eliminating the administration fees and possibly rolling those contracts over to 2022. This week the province announced details of its Agra recovery program for livestock producers. Part of that will include a livestock feed and transportation drought assistance program. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers.
3: The concept is for those that had to, you know, that have to purchase a significant quantity of their winter feed, they'll be able to submit receipts either for transportation or for the actual feed itself and uh, and be able to lower their, their total costs a bit.
0: Ag Minister Ralph Eichler also announced a livestock transportation drought assistance program. Manitoba is in the process of designing a cow herd rebuilding program as well. And Manitoba cereal harvest is coming to a close. Mallory LaWarne is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance.
1: Cereal harvest is wrapping up across the province. However, it's ongoing in the western part of the province and it started up again this week after uh, those recent rains that we had. So I have seen some reports of quality differences between grain harvested before versus after the rain, including a little bit of sprouting and some reduced test weight. And then yield reports continue to be highly variable, looking at anywhere from like 30 to 60 bushels per acre on average.
0: LaWarren says winter wheat seeding is also underway. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Thursday, September 2nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the Executive Director with the Western Grain Elevator Association. Farmers are seeing another hit to the pocketbook. Not only are they looking at a reduced crop from this year's drought and the impact of damaging wildfires and hail in some areas... Producers that had forward-contracted some of this year's production, as they might normally do, are now looking at hefty bills as they have to face the buyout from those contracts because they don't have the grain to deliver to the elevator. Leal Allen-Vosser talked earlier this week with one of a number of Saskatchewan grower organizations that wrote to the Western Grain Elevator Association urging its members to work with farmers to reduce penalties and eliminate administration fees on those contracts. Today she chats with Wade Sobkoich, the executive director of the Western Grain Elevator Association.
2: It started with some optimism and and people taking some, some uh, uh, risks, I suppose, but calculated risks. I think a reasonable person would do what any, would any farmer or grain company did early in the growing season, and that is. You know, try to forward sell, lock in some prices, and try to create movement, and and that's what happened. And then with the with the dry conditions, it turned on us, and now and now we're we're all sort of caught, and it's uh, it's just an unfortunate unfortunate uh, set of circumstances here for for producers and and for you know handlers and exporters as well.
4: Farmers that would maybe normally see you know a, a thirty five forty bushel crop now mm-hmm. in some cases looking at a a five-bushel crop, and when they look at trying to sort out the the contract situation, one farmer telling me on just one field alone, he's looking at a $58,000 bill. That being said, a group of Saskatchewan grower organizations is calling on the Western Grain Elevator Association and its member companies, the elevators, to try to work with farmers to help maybe reduce these penalties, uh, eliminate some administration fees, maybe even look at, at rollovers for next year.
2: We did receive that letter from the Saskatchewan producer groups and it, it was a, it was a good letter. I think that you know, they've been thinking about this, uh, quite deeply and, um, and essentially they ask, they're asking, um, grain companies to waive the administration fee, which is, um, you know, on the surface seems very reasonable. So I, I have to start by saying that each grain company is taking their own approach on an individual basis. It's not, it's not something we can talk about <clears throat> as competitors around the, WGEA table because they view contracts as a competitive issue and so the association doesn't and shouldn't have influence in their decision making they they um it wouldn't it would be viewed as anti-competitive if the WGEA were to get together and determine how to price the producer buyback okay that that's that would be an issue so we're somewhat limited as a group of companies to determine um how to move forward with these different fees but i am aware that the concept of administrative fee is unfortunately named because it isn't really a fee for administration it it's just it was just named that but what it really is is the uh, is the value that bridges the amount between the posted price and the replacement value the grain companies can 't get out of their contracts with their international and domestic customers it 's a very rare customer that 's going to roll that uh, roll that contract forward into the next next year they They need the product that they contracted for when i say they i mean you know the millers and and processors uh, all over the world and so as a grain exporter, they need to figure out how to fulfill their contracts and so Each grain company has a slate of contracts that they're required to fulfill, and they are seeking to acquire the limited quantities of grain that exists over their competitors. So if you put yourself in the grain company's position, they know that there's a reduced crop size, they know that they have a contract with that farmer to supply a certain amount, and they also suspect that it is Possible that that farmer has a contract with other grain companies, as well, and so each grain company wants to be the one to get that farmer's grain, and not be the one to offer the buyback. If if you follow me, and and so that motivates the grain companies to be a bit tough when it comes to determining whether that farmer truly can't satisfy the contract and they truly don't have the tons, or if they. Or if they've contracted, uh, or if it would be more accurate to say that they've contracted out of their comfort level versus contracted out of their uh, production. So that's why grain companies are being very diligent when they're talking to their grower or or when the grower is is, um, contacting them and saying, you know, I may not have the grain or I don't have the grain. And so the grain company would then... um, uh, uh perhaps visit the field um uh and and just try and verify the circumstance of, of of each producer and and we know that it is there are some some fields are really bad but others aren't quite as bad and so it really needs to be handled on a individual producer basis and even a, a field by field basis and and that's what's happening out there right now so it's getting sorted out and there are some really tough conversations happening but it's all part of the process that grain companies are going through to make sure before they get into discussions about buybacks and setting what that what that value is that they truly can't get that grain. And, and so that's the first step that's happening. And then I guess furthermore, prices have changed since the time of contracting and the environment is conducive to speculative activity potentially so for all these reasons grain companies are motivated to be very cautious and 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 that's why they're approaching it the way they are right now
4: any advice for producers that are trying to work with grain companies
2: i think the best advice is to you know start those conversations with the grain company early try and um uh, you know, get the grain company to do its, uh, to begin doing its um, uh, assessment, to determine, you know, uh, for its, uh, for its own due diligence purposes, you know, or verify that the grain really isn't there, and um, that they don't have any tons uh, left over from, from last crop year that they can use to satisfy the contract, and begin those conversations about, about what can be done. By the grain uh, handler to help the farmer satisfy the terms of the contract or or amend the contract or come up with some arrangement that both parties can can live with it's going to be very very specific to the producer maybe there are you know solutions that involve um crop inputs maybe there are solutions that involve you know uh, production in a future year maybe there are solutions that involve a group of producers um so, so it, it's very specific to the grain company. It's very specific to the producer. It's going to be painful, but it really needs to be worked out on an individual basis.
4: That's Wade Subkowicz, the Executive Director of the Western Grain Elevators Association. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vosler.
0: Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knut. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season starts this month with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you're age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 or visit 4h.mb.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the Manitoba Organic Alliance has implemented a new crop checkoff. I got the details from Karen Clausen. She's the group's program manager.
1: So a few years ago, uh, there was a
3: lot of talk about whether or not <laughs> what, what we should do about the money that our organic growers have been paying into other uh, checkoffs and how we could. Um, do something to support organic growers and the research, development, and extension work that is, is needed for supporting organic growers. So in 2019, Manitoba Organic Alliance, with support of its producer and and uh, organic members, put in a, um, an application for this checkoff regulation. And We've had consultations with growers to find out where they want the money spent, how they want it spent, and have been doing a lot of work in the run up to this um, being actually made a regulation in, in the last month.
0: That is in effect now. Then,
3: yes, it became law on August twelfth. We've been sort of waiting for uh, for news for a few months. We were never sure when exactly would happen. Of course, then it happens in the middle of harvest season, so it's caught in us uh, by surprise as well. And we've got a lot of things we're trying to get in place so we can start uh, collecting this checkoff.
0: And how much is the checkoff, or does it vary between crops?
3: No, we've decided to do a flat rate. It's a 0.05% levy of your of total sales.
0: So as you mentioned, I guess previously that money, I guess, was going to, to those conventional groups, and now I guess it'll go to organic research?
3: Well, it still is. Uh, producers have the option. So for any checkoff, um, you can opt out. There's a refund form that you can apply for, and you can choose whether to pay or not to pay. And so then the same would go for this this organic checkoff. So as an organic producer, you have the option. Um, a lot of producers will want to continue to support the um, other checkoff fees that they would be paying because they want to support that work or they can choose to, to get a refund for that. And the same goes for the organic checkoff. Everyone has that option to opt out.
0: And uh, Karen, uh, just talk a little bit more about what what that money will be used for.
3: Well this is um we haven't made any further decisions on this that we have a al- there was an, a board elected that is completely farmer led and and full uh, all, only farmers on the board and they are the ones who are going to decide exactly where the money gets um gets spent but from what we heard from the consultations and what's in the regulation it will be spent on um the broad categories of research uh extension work and market development, and then we have some le- um, leeway to what the board exactly will be spending it on.
0: Are we seeing more farmers um, grow organic crops?
3: Uh, not
1: necessarily. I think
3: it's uh, it is a it, it goes up and down. It fluctuates, and so there's definitely a lot of room for growth in Manitoba, particularly for or for people to enter into the organic uh, market but we, it, it does tend to go up and down depending on, on the years. <laughs> so it, it, we have had seen a lot of growth, and then it goes down every couple of years.
0: That was Karen Claussen, Program Manager with the Manitoba Organic Alliance, talking to us here today about a new checkoff that's been implemented by the organization. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Saskatchewan Crop Commissions are calling on the Western Grain Elevator Association and its members to work with farmers struggling to pay penalties and administration fees on contracted but undelivered grain. Wade Subkowich is Executive Director of the Western Grain Elevator Association and says like farmers, grain companies have also forward contracted that grain to domestic and international buyers.
2: They are uh, stressed about this like they are trying to figure out how to do right by the farmer and do right by themselves and it's a real you know they're in a real bind and uh, you know at the end of the day there is a contract that that they're going back to this contract and saying you know we have to figure out how to execute on this because we can't be left holding the bag either so how are we going to solve our problem and solve the farmer's problem at the same time and
0: Zipkowicz encourages farmers to reach out and start discussions as soon as they can with their grain buyer, as each situation is different. Winter wheat seeding is underway. Mallory Laworn is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance.
1: So I have seen a few reports of a, of a few farmers getting some winter wheat in the ground, taking advantage of that recent moisture. And uh, some canola has come off fairly early, so that's the perfect crop to seed your winter wheat into. One of the biggest risks to winter wheat crops right now would be grasshopper feeding on, on young plant tissue. If grasshoppers are a concern, there's a couple management options. So farmers could delay planting until the end of the ideal seeding window or increase uh, their seeding rate around field edges.
0: And this week, the province announced details of its agri-recovery program for livestock producers. Ag Minister Ralph Eichler said the province is in the process of designing a cow herd rebuilding program. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers.
3: Early on, Manitoba Beef Producers was a pretty strong advocate to to have an agri-recovery program or a portion of the recovery program reflect the fact that some individual producers were forced to disperse their herd what the phase two would be the concept would be to help help deal with the extraordinary costs of buying back in to the to the industry with with higher you know higher cost breeding stock after you've sold for really fire sale prices for for very low prices
0: the two programs announced were a livestock feed and transportation drought assistance program and a Livestock Transportation Drought Assistance Program. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knut. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow, starting at 12 noon.